0: All right, welcome to the first official overtime of the fall semester. We've just actually gotten out of our department head meetings, so we are officially department heads once again. I am joined by the uh, co-sports editors of the Texan. I like that. Uh, you know them already, but they've got new new titles. We've got Alex Brissigno. What's up? And we've got uh, Ross Burkhart. Yo. I'm also a co-editor here. But my co is not here, so I'm just going to say I'm the full-blown podcast editor. I'm JT oh. Lindsay, um, And, you know, we've got a lot of news uh, in Texas football. That's basically all that matters on the 40 acres right now, other than trying to navigate ad drop. But before we get into that, there has been big news um, on professional soccer's front, which uh, does not exactly raise a lot of attention spans in the state of Texas, but... um an MLS stadium has been approved to be constructed in Austin. Uh, the Austin City Council finally approved it. It's been a big movement for a while, but I'm curious, guys. You know, you you get to name the Austin soccer franchise. What do you name it?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, all right. I'd probably go with the Austin. Let's,
0: for the love of God,
1: please enjoy this, because this is probably the last professional club we're ever going to
0: get. And it's also the last professional club they would ever want. It's fine, man. We're we're just here for a good time.
1: What about you, Russ?
2: I mean, I've been brainstorming a couple of things, you know. I think that kind of makes sense. You got, I mean, the the Dynamo? We could be the Austin Sounders. The, the Galaxy, even? I mean, like, what do you guys think? No. I think that joke was better thought out in your head. Was that a joke? <laughs>
0: that wasn't a joke.
2: Those are all real teams. Yeah, I know. Oh, you're
0: saying you should move the teams to here. Or are we no, just there's going to be a he Seattle was... and a Austin Sounders. Yeah. Um, Texas is uh, is back? Folks. Question mark. No. Um, <laughs> because uh, the preseason poll, AP preseason poll, came out, uh, and once again, that pesky polls got Texas in the top twenty five. What do you guys think? What 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 do you think? What's the vibe around camp? Like, are they rebuying into it at all?
1: Nobody cares about preseason polls, but
0: I think we we should
1: you know do some research because I feel like Texas might be the highest rank, highest ranked seven and six team <laughs> going into the next year of all time. Like this happens every year. Mm-hmm. Texas look at five and seven, five and seven, seven and six. Boom, number twenty three. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It seems the NCAA,
2: ESPN, I mean, they want Texas to be good so bad. But I mean, I, th- I think the big thing is just like, it's always going to be with the market. And, you know, they're this like, like, like blue chip program. Like, Please,
1: Texas, do something. Please. You're well, back.
0: It's the same reason why, you know, when it like, whenever Tyler Woods is playing golf, if he's playing bad or he's playing good, like, the second page of the scoreboard you ever always see is him. It doesn't no, matter. He makes plus sense.
2: 10. That's. That's a, that's a fair comparison. But that's a, yeah, it's
0: the same thing. I think that when Texas sports is big, it's good for business.
2: I mean, but the the way I think the way that they're approaching it is different. Yeah, they don't care, but I mean, I think it's more warranted this season than I would say last season. N- not that either of them were warranted. <laughs> okay, I agree. I agree with that. But, you know what I mean?
1: If you I mean, we ex- at this point of the year, we expected Texas to be ranked for some reason, I mean, they had mo momentum, quote unquote, and they had a lot of people coming back. Right. Um, I just, I don't know if I'm ever a fan of a team finishing seven and six and then coming into a poll, uh, you know, rank number twenty three. So, is it a surprise now? Will it happen for the rest of time? Probably. If te- okay, if they win, if they go two and zero, oh, what do they go ranked into the USC game?
2: Okay, you've got you got to say two to three teams by the first two weeks will have lost out. Above them, yeah. If they go two and zero, they could nineteen. That's it. I don't think. I mean, those aren't
1: those. Those wouldn't be crazy wins.
2: I um, would be surprised if they were above nineteen. If they if they were anything above that after Maryland and Tulsa, Tulsa, yeah. then it's like they're they're definitely pushing for yeah. this here. <laughs> But beyond that, I wouldn't say that they should be any higher than 19th.
0: Well, you know, um, number 23 is probably a number two high for Texas this, this preseason. But uh, you know he's going to play a big part in maintaining that rank? Number 11. Let's talk a little bit about that quarterback battle. Who won? I hear we have a winner. As of Monday morning, Tom Herman announced that
1: Sam Ellinger will be the starter for Texas, the season opener against Maryland. Now he said, barring some catastrophe between now and then, you know, then things might change. But right now it seems like Sam has won that thing, which doesn't, I mean, anybody that's been following the program, I'm not sure that's much of a surprise, Um, but I I was a bit surprised that Tom Herman announced it this early, which it, I mean, it isn't early, you know, for other programs, but last year he waited until the day of the game. So, I definitely wasn't going into today expecting to to get some type of announcement for, as far as quarterbacks go. What do you tell, tell us what you think about the quarterback. Thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I obviously we have thought that it was going to be Sam for a while now, and that's kind of the indication that we've got. Um, but honestly, I'm, I'm a bit surprised that Herman announced that today and that it wasn't going to be a game time decision. And, and you know what he said later on in practice about how um, if something doesn't work out, you know, they don't come off out of the gate pretty hot, then maybe they'll throw in Shane for a spark.
1: He wasn't – that's the thing. He, he wasn't – he didn't slam the door on the uh, the possibility of Shane Bouchel seeing the field on September 1st.
0: Well, my question is, should he have – because if it sounds like if you know, how do you interpret that? If it's not quite working, we put Shane in for a spark. That doesn't sound that different from what's happened under Tom Herman
2: last year, under uh, Charlie Strong the year before. That's actually a good question because I think um, while Sam has, I think, proven to be the starter at this point, maybe he hasn't done enough yet. In his career, I mean, he played six games last year, started in six games, I should say, to you know slam the door shut on Shane. So maybe, you know, the extra motivation, maybe it'll you know jumpstart him right out of the gate, and they come out really good against Maryland. But, I mean, if not, maybe the extra pressure on your back is, I mean, kind of what you need because, while, like I said, while Sam is the starter, the gap isn't huge. I think even going into Maryland, so
1: I I think it was more toward. Shane. I think he wants to keep Shane as invested as possible. I, I don't think he wants to lose him two weeks before the game. I, I think he wants him to believe that he has a chance that, you know, he said during the availability that he hasn't done anything wrong. They just feel like Sam is gives them the best chance to win. I, I think him not slamming the door on the two quarterback thing might be him trying to keep Shane invested. And, you know, because it is going to be important it, that he does not lose the second quarterback another interesting thing is that he said uh that you know cameron rising wasn't that far behind shane so especially with the red shirt rule where you can play four games i I, w- I definitely think we'll see shane at some point this year um and he also i mean hasn't really slammed the door shut on the possibility of seeing a third quarterback but as far as that comment i, I think he's just really trying to make sure that shane is as invested as possible but the running backs? backs. I mean <laughs> Are we are we going with that? I mean, <laughs> we've got three guys and Tom Herman said they're going to play three running backs in the season opener.
2: I think it's kind of interesting how um like word within the last couple of days has been that um it was Tonyel Carter over Keontae Ingram. And then we've learned today that, you know, that that top group of running backs seem because he said that there wasn't really a, a depth chart, but more of like a couple different sets of groups with uh with Danny Young and then um Trey Watson. Trey Watson and Keontae Ingram in that first one with uh Tony O'Carter and uh Kyle yeah. Porter coming in that second group. So I mean he pretty much I mean like I said he said
1: that he was gonna play three running backs against Maryland and so I think we already know who those guys will be. Mm-hmm. Um as far as Kyle Porter <laughs> I did not anticipate seeing him on the field come September first. Tonyel Carter, I was a little surprised. I know he's had some issues taking care of the ball. Um I, I don't think that they would go as far as playing four backs in the season opener, especially I mean you have to to you know put some faith into either Trey Watson, Ingram or Young that they're just gonna take over. I mean my
2: my biggest question from that is do you think their primary reason for doing this is because they want it to be a committee all season or do you think they just haven't had anybody step up and really take command of that job?
1: I think they want to do committee. I don't think that they're I mean they're they don't have a Deontay Foreman.
2: I would yeah I would argue if they had a guy like that they would obviously be thrilled with it but since they don't I think they look back and say this is our our best option and you know like Keontae or Trey, like, what if they if they step up? Obviously, you got to roll with them. But I think right now they're looking at the personnel. They're saying, "Here's who we got, and here's our best chance to win."
1: We haven't been able to see much of Keontae uh, or Trey, but Daniel Young has showed some glimpses as far as the last season goes. Um, and I mean, you have to have faith in a graduate transfer in Trey Watson. So, right, I think I'm very interested to see how those three guys come out of the gate. Obviously, the offensive lines another question mark um but if they can run the ball that would change everything cuz that's something that they couldn't do speaking of
2: chris warren oh my are you goodness. kidding let's me let's
0: talk a little bit about chris wow. warren and how he's been in the preseason
2: I don't cool. understand. It's frustrating. What is it? Man. No, 18, he, eighteen carries over a hundred yards, a touchdown. Yeah. Now, uh, for anybody that doesn't
0: know, Chris Warren, former Texas running back slash tight end <laughs> slash tight end slash H back slash, slash bench warmer slash not Tom Herman's favorite running back,
2: because um, apparently
0: you know three point three yards wasn't enough for
1: he,
2: him. He, He's blowing up the NFL, man. He's lighting it up for the the, the Oakland Raiders. The NFL preseason, he's taking it by storm. I've seen I've seen their beat reporters on Twitter say Chris Warren will have a spot on this fifty three man yeah. roster. he has got a
0: spot. There have been two Texas standouts in the NFL preseason, and they're you know Michael Dixon, <laughs> who's been punting like Michael Dixon punts. I mean that's not surprising. But the other was former H back. <laughs> Tight end and oh yeah, by the way, running back Chris Warren the third. Oakland probably got him and they're like, wait, this guy's really good.
1: What happened at Texas? I mean, he had academic problems. Some people think he had attitude problems.
0: I don't care. He could run the ball. You know, the first game against Maryland at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland, is in a few weeks. How does this Texas squad look? Does it look the part of a number 23 team? Does it look better than last year? I mean, what should we expect going in?
2: I don't I wouldn't necessarily say the personnel level is that much better. The roster is that much talented. Because I mean you've you've got it's it's a different type of roster makeup because you know, you had a lot of vets last season, the regime change moving into Tom Herman, so there are a lot of questions. And now there's a lot of questions too, because Tom's got his own recruiting class here, things like that um i would say that the that the talent level that they're bringing in is roughly the same i think it's just going to be what did they build off of from last year because it's been all talk since the bowl game that you know this is a a coherent team between the coaches and the players so we're just going to finally see it on the field after a full off season of talk
0: and does it feel like this personnel is more bought into the culture than last year absolutely and um, that's all they've said
1: they've told us every time a player talks to us we give i mean they,
2: they may they go out of their way to tell every us every time we from media days to you know off-season camp it's like oh we bought it this is a different team
1: the second year means so much to us like okay you know we can only write that so many times but the the big question on the defensive side i mean totterland is a genius <laughs> texas is lucky to have him i mean he's he's gonna be a head coach one day and that's probably sooner rather than later um but as long as he's here that defense is going to be fine. They do have a couple of question marks at linebacker as far as depth goes. Um, but, I mean, the defensive backs are just out of, I mean, not, not out of this world, but they are strong. They've got a strong defensive back unit. Um, and I don't expect a whole lot of a drop-off from last year, honestly. I mean, or like I said, Orlando can move pieces around like nothing. Uh, the offense is still, the, I mean, like it has been mm-hmm. for a while, it's still the biggest question. Um, <coughs> the good news is, Tom Herman at the offense won the scrimmage on Saturday which I haven't heard in a while. Thought said, Orlando
2: said that that's happened before, but they haven't told us that. Herman ever. said that they had zero turnovers and one penalty in over f- 100 plays. Wow. The full game of the scrimmage.
1: And so that's the I mean that was the theme of last year. They couldn't get out of their own way.
2: I mean they would make plays and they would just shoot themselves in the foot. What play. was it going back to the first practice the first scrimmage that they had and the the defense they they got three turnovers yeah on them so including a scoop and score and so I mean I mean take that I mean you, I don't know how much stock you want to put into that but I mean when the offense are, are, they're not picking up wins left and right
1: and uh, Tom Herman said they scored touchdowns for I mean the, and that hasn't come a whole lot at least since he's been here and so I, I also think they ripped off a few huge runs uh, against the first team defense which. Like I said, that first team defense is strong. And so um, I'd like to say, I mean, I don't want to fall into the trap like Texas beat reporters and Texas fans do every year. Um, But there's more of a confidence, I'll say that. There's more of a confidence this year than there was at this point last year just because everything was still brand new.
0: um, And then Maryland happened. Well, you know, this team being as – at least as cohesive as it seems like it's it's building up to be will certainly be you know a big advantage they have over the Maryland team that they're playing which you know in the midst of tragedy has so many question marks around that team that you can't that you know maybe Texas gets a gets a easier win out of it than they would have but you know
2: i think uh, that i think that's an interesting part because um there have been people in the post practice media availabilities that have said like how are you guys you know, going into this with the, you know, the Maryland situation of mind. And Thomas said for a couple days now that like, we're not thinking about it. Like they haven't talked he, about it. They haven't even, that's what he said. He's, that's what he said today is they, ha- they don't talk about it. He said, there's going to be a team that we're going to have to play showing up, you know, September 1st. So that's how it's going to be. And those guys who were there, are gonna be ready to play so it's just a question of whether or not Texas is
1: he also noted that a lot of the players that are gonna be on the field are gonna be players that beat this Texas team at home last yep. year and so the the talent question that's I mean that's not a thing it's just a matter of who's gonna come to play is it gonna be a type of performance like last year where we would end up seeing Shane on the field if that happens or is it gonna be a Texas defense that came out like it did against USC and so uh we, i mean we have another week to preview it talk to you know some riders from maryland and kind of get an idea of what they're like at, at their camp but as far as what we've seen the buy-ins there the confidence is there and now it's just the final question is i mean the quarterback question is answered now the running backs are still you know somewhat answered but but a lot of questions
2: compared to what we've had the last few weeks yeah a lot of questions things are answered. falling into
1: place the last question is just going to be what do we see on the field once you know the game starts
0: All right, well, um, I think that wraps up just about everything we had to talk about today. You know, Texas next couple weeks is going to be so important, uh, you know, and then game one is going to be huge for defining is this a season that builds upon last year or is this just, um, you know, another seven and five, eight and four news fest for Texas fans. Um, But anyway, uh, that's all we've got. This has been Texas – sorry, Texan overtime. I'm the producer of it. I don't even know how to – how to say it uh be sure and follow uh texan sports uh at texan sports on twitter follow us uh at the podcast department at texan podcast we're going to have all sorts of sports content news content other content all throughout the summer uh, all throughout the fall that you should check out um with ross and alex and myself uh, that's us signing off uh, we'll see you guys next time